It's a residency at the House of M's. This is Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. I'm very stoked to be joined by Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus. Uh, They kicked off in the mid-80s with a bang and uh, they've been going for 40 years now. Dave, can you believe it? I can. My my bones tell me it's true. (laughs) (laughs) My aching bones. And and the thing is, with your uh, your 40th anniversary last year, like everybody in the music industry the world over, you've uh, you've had to postpone it to your 41st anniversary. Exactly. Everyone's missing their birthdays and what have you. Um, weddings, they're all been moved. So we're we're 41 years old for our 40th birthday. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and you've got a new album, Chariot of the Gods. Chariot of the Gods. Yes, oh. a very epic name for an epic record. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kept us uh, going during the whole pandemic. You know, uh, we're very lucky we had this record planned. Um, and we actually started at the end of 2019. We did the first single, uh, Answered Prayers, which Triple M played, which is very nice. Um, and uh, that then all hell broke loose, and suddenly everything got thrown in, you know, into the "we'll see what happens" basket. Mm. And it, uh, still, you know, here we are two years later, and we're finally getting to release it. And that's that's the thing. Everyone thinks that rock and roll, they're like, oh, you just shoot from the hip, you know. But uh, everything, even though we like to get up there and be a bit shambolic on stage and rocking on, everything takes a lot of plant pre-planning, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, but also, let's be honest, we would have had it out a long time ago if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, we, we, the album was finished in the middle of last year, and we were planning on releasing in October. Um, this is after, again, you know, we originally wanted to bring it out in the end of 2020. But um, uh, then we had to move it again because the Delta, you know, thing struck. And it, it sort of worked out in the end because the vinyl wasn't going to be ready anyway. So this now all our ducks are in a row. We can bring it all out together. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, the thing about uh, uh, recording digitally and uh, remotely, uh, it's certainly changed the way we do things. I mean, uh, the, the thing I love about being in a band is getting in a room with all your mates and hashing the songs out and then spending a lot of time in the same environment. But uh, I guess with this new technology, even if we can't be together, we can still record parts. Actually, well, that's how we did the record was the old fashioned way. We don't, right. we couldn't have done it uh, any other way. Um I did mix it with the, the the mixing engineer. He was in San Diego and I was in Sydney, you know, I'd sort of be on Zoom like we are now, you know, several hours, you know, just fine-tuning the mixes. Yep. But um, as far as working on the songs and, and everything else, recording them, and no, no, that was just literally the old-fashioned way, get in the room, make it sound good, and then, you know, go into a studio and record it. And and you can you can refine stuff as as much as you like, but it's it really is that human connection, isn't it? When you when you're making music, um, you need to see cues in other people's faces. When you, when people turn their face up, and you think, what? Hang on, don't you like this bit? <laughs> um, you know, rather should than... I sing it this way? No, apparently not. <laughs> I don't think I should. <laughs> I just saw a very strange look from the control room there. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's. It's an organic thing being a band, as you as you know. You know, it's it's, and um, that's what's magical about it. You know, having these people that you build a, a real un, a communication with. You know, subconscious communication. It's not even you know, like having to talk about things. You just kind of mm. know just from being. You know, you know, I don't know. There's some sort of you you know how each other's feeling even without you know having to sort of look at the faces. You, you, whether you're on the same plane or something spiritually or something, I don't know. There's there is some unconscious some some sort of level of communication that goes beyond. Uh, the normal ones, and and um, that is something that is really precious to mm. me. And and um, we were very uncertain that we'd ever get that back after you know we had to change drummers, um, you know, a few years ago with Mark Kingsmill retiring, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big 
question in our minds whether we should actually continue. And um, when we found Nick and we're working with Nick, it took a couple of goes before we kind of really sort of settled in with him because, um, you know, Mark came back for a little while as well. <laughs> he he, uh, re- he reneged. He decided he kind of missed it. He'd, all the things he hated about touring, he'd forgotten about, and he came back and he went, no, I hate it. I really want to retire again. <laughs> he, came, he retired again. Um, but uh, so we got Nick the second time, and it was a, it, second time was the charm. And, um, and when we decided to continue, uh, it was really – because we wanted to be a real band and make a, an album and not just, you know, go and relive past glories mm. and, you know, milk the, the market dry of, you know, any love for the Hoodoo Gurus by old, uh, from our old song. <laughs> we wanted to be a real band with something to say. Well, and, and that can be the hard thing, isn't it, um, with, with, with recording, which is an expensive undertaking. Yep. Um, and when you can be out there on the road and, and playing um, shows to, like, you know, Day on the Greens and Red Hot Summers and, and all these big festivals and stuff, it can sometimes take a little precedence um, over recording something new, can't it? A little, a little seductive is what you're saying, you know, the comfy, like, you know, turn out for the show, get a lot of money and, you know, have some nice wine and cheese backstage yeah. and live the high life. Look, yeah, look, but, you know, we, we love playing live and this, that's, that's our main mm. thing. It always has been. And, you know, that's been our, our, our saving grace all through our career. You know, you have your highs and lows, people play your records, people don't play your records, but there's always an audience that you can play your music to and they'll go and buy the album if they like how they heard it at that, at that gig. And that's been the story from day one with us. And um, but we also, you know, we 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 love music and we want to leave some some sort of you know footprint of mm. what we're about. And you know, and the fact that we still have you know things we we love about music and things we can express about now in in our music. So why wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. It is a, it is a, a love affair, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's something. I mean, you guys were doing it. Straight out of school, like uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the bands, uh, Australian bands who are still getting around now, and it has to you have to have that love of it. it can't just be a mercenary approach to uh, oh let's get out there and make money and 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 become like Kiss. <laughs> It'll never happen for you, sadly. You know, yeah. if you have that attitude, you you really the only thing you can rely on is is doing what you like, and and if you're doing it to make money, well, there's so much better ways to make money. <laughs> You know, so many better ways. You know, we we are the musicians. You know, people people they have a distorted view of what it's like. You know, they that they, they see the ticket price when they come in the door and they think, wow, those guys are getting how many people are here? And they multiply and they say they're all getting this much money each. No, 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 no. You know, we end up with like probably if we're lucky, ten percent or. Yeah. I'd say less than that, probably 5%, you know, because there's, there's road crew, there's, you know, PAs, there's agents and, you know, managers and all these people that take a bite. And we're the bottom feeders of the <laughs> of the, of the food chain, you know. We're like the worms in the mud while the sharks are above eating all the, all the other fish and the bait fish and the little bits of crumbs that f- filter down, we get to suck out Just of the mud. <laughs> filter it through our, our teeth. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you're going on tour with the Dandy Warhols. Um, you, you have... Your overseas credentials, uh, um, you, you spent a lot of time uh, touring around the States. Uh, you had some great impact over there on the college charts. People don't realise that uh, uh, there's so many different charts over there, isn't there? I mean, here you release a record and you're up against Taylor Swift and Madonna. <laughs> and well, well, you are over there as well, but the college charts was a sort of a – it's kind of an it's more of an airplay thing mm-hmm. and, and it's not really um, – and it was about – yeah, there is your commercial, you know, as you say, your Taylor Swift's and your Whitney Houston's back in the day when we were starting. 
um, you know, and, and then there's, you know, music that's kind of, you know, a bit left of centre and doesn't get on all those stations, but there's this other whole slew of stations that mm. play it. And, and, you know, and some of them are like little stations in a college, as you say, but others are like major commercial stations that just happen to be, you know, not quite fully commercial. Yeah. You know, they kind of play a bit more, you know, rock, you know, and, and, and so we, that, they, they lumped it all together as this one thing called college radio. And it was like, the old, it's, it's now you'd call it alternative radio, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, what is alternative? I mean, it's, it never was an alternative to, to me anyway. There's only this music and it's just the fact that some stations didn't like you was the only issue. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, it, it, you know, since when we started, you know, we were very much like, you know, on the other side of what was considered normal. Mm. Um, but now music has changed so much and everything is, you know, uh, you know, there, there are no rules anymore and, and, you know, there's no reason that you can kind of be pigeonholed into being commercial and non-commercial anymore. Right. It's just, just people have heard of you or they haven't, but it's not because of what you're playing. It's just that, you know, maybe you just haven't been discovered yet. And well, speaking of left to center, when you, uh, when you, when you guys formed and started to, to make a real impact in Australia, obviously there was Chisel and there was, uh, the Angels and, uh, all those kind of mainstream rock bands. And you guys came along rocking your Paisley shirts and your <laughs> stovepipes and your pointy boots and that. Um, you, you kind of, you rewrote, you, you, you actually, um, remolded the kind of, uh, idea of what mainstream was in Australia. I agree. I mean, you especially know, with Mars and these guitars coming out just, you know, blowing the lid off the joint. We, we were lucky. There was the Sunny Boys came before us, right, who yep. you know who who started that that trend, and you know, and 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 we we did you know break through despite being considered a bit you know off you know left of center mm. from some stations. But they they ended up playing us because we played around and got so much of an audience just through live. Yeah, yeah. That it became okay for them to play us because people there were enough people already liked us that were hearing listening to their station that that it wasn't an issue. Because that's what they worry about—people changing the channel, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, you know that wasn't cool though to have hits in those days, you know, because it automatically meant you'd somehow done something, you know, commercial and the sold soul, out. Yeah, sell it's you ridiculous. Out. <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. You're just just doing the same songs that people were listening to before they were on a record mm, and, yeah. and famous. But um, you know, it wasn't until Nirvana came along, I think, in the early '90s, and you know they were so huge, and everyone still thought, "But Nirvana, they're so cool," you know, and alternative, and yeah, and it was like suddenly it was okay to have a hit record, and yeah, because you know, Nirvana were, were cool, and you couldn't blame them, and and everyone since then has been sort of lucky they've kind of you know it doesn't matter anymore, but. We always had a bit of a stigma attached to us because, you know, we'd somehow done it when it wasn't right. <laughs> I don't know if you had the same thing with you guys, but, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's bizarre, you know, like it's just music, you know, Does, yeah. how do you decide what sound, what's commercial or no one even knows till afterwards anyway, whether a song's going to be a hit. Well, that's exactly right. No one knows. Um, uh, now, you've got two versions of the of the album Chariot of the Gods. You've got uh, the 17-track deluxe double vinyl version. <laughs> that's what I want to be checking out. Yeah, well, the reason was, you know, we, we had too many songs for the, for the, 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 um, to make a, a decent-sounding vinyl album. It was uh -huh, too much yeah. music for, for, you know, that physical medium. So we uh, decided to go for a double vinyl album. And it was like, well, we need a bit more music to fill that up <laughs> so we, we got basically um there's a song that we released as a as a sort of a single that was going to be left off the album anyway a song called hung out to dry right and then we had these two other songs we recorded for um, um just various reasons we just decided to chuck them down and their covers and so we thought well here we go we just put them on the the, the vinyl for people that are real you know 
fans of that medium and they'll get a bit of a bonus as well because they pay quite a lot of money for a vinyl album anyway, so lucky to get a bit more value in in that regard. But, you know, that said, the CD and the digital version is the album in our eyes. You know, sure. this yeah. is this just like a little bit of extra for those, you know, people that go the extra mile as well to get their vinyl. Yes, because people don't realise that the more tracks you put on vinyl, the less uh, audio quality you get. That's uh, It's just a physical impossibility. Yeah, to it's put, a li- uh, that little scratch, that, yeah. that spiral scratch that, uh, you know. It's got to have some width to uh, get the the uh, volume up. Yes. And if it's too too many crammed crammed together, it just sounds like, <laughs> sounds like whispering. Coming, yeah, it sounds like between <laughs> cans, um, mate. If it's been great to talk to you. Uh, the album is called Chariot of the Gods. Um, it's out now. Um, and uh, if you want to get it, check it out. I've been reading reviews from overseas uh, just saying how it's a great return to form, how it sits perfectly um, in in your Hoodoo Guru's collection. So uh, good luck with it all. And as I Thank say, you. you're touring with the Dandy Warhols throughout April, your postponed 40th anniversary. <laughs> and uh, I hope Early to... 45th. <laughs> I, uh, Getting early. I hope to see you somewhere out there on the road, mate. And uh, thanks, thanks very much for your time, Dave. Dave. Cheers, mate. Cheers.